0: Thank you all for checking out this week's episode. Once again, I'm John. If you like what you heard and saw today, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And check out our brand new merch store with hats, coffee mugs, t shirts, other cool stuff coming down the pipeline. Again, thank you all for support. Be safe and see you next week. How's everyone? John here, the host of Spirit Talk, and today I get to welcome our good friend Gary Marandola to the show. Gary, a.k.a. Gary the Barbecue Chef, uh, has been a contestant on Gordon Ramsay's Neck Level Chef. He's amassed an incredible uh, social media presence on TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, MySpace, anywhere you get social media. <laughs> Gary's out there, and uh, I've got the privilege to much know him through a couple of Shinedown shows the last couple of years, and uh, He's one of those people that uh, I've always wanted to have on the episode and the show like this because I think he's lived a fascinating life and career. I love comedy. I also love watching cooking shows, and I think Gary's gonna be a great guest tonight. Yeah, man, it's good to be here, man. It's uh, I kind of want to start with the social media because I, I, it, when the pandemic first started, I was obviously like everyone else, stuck kind of home and kind of just kind of figuring out what all the stuff was, what TikTok was. And the certain accounts I followed or would always gravitate towards whether I like to post or whatever, people like yourself or some of these people who do like the sea shanties uh, or these crazy people who do like these trick shots. Well, lo and behold, a couple months later, uh, Barry Kirch's business partner, the coffee company, Smart Brews, was like, hey, have you heard of Gary the barbecue chef? And I'm like, yeah, but I don't follow him. But I've I've seen his TikTok videos. And sure enough, I start following and start realizing what a unique person you are and how you're able to kind of navigate that social media world, which seems very inundated with a lot of bullshit, but you're able to do something very unique with your brand. I think that I kind of want to start there. Yeah, I mean, it's basically this whole
1: thing for me started out of COVID boredom. So like my first video went viral when I was, uh when it, what was it? December 19th of 2020. That was when the first one went viral. I th- actually, no, I think it, went, it was December 18th because the 19th I woke up with 12,000 new followers because the video went for like 800,000 views overnight. It was just insane. <laughs> like So, and the funny thing was, it wasn't for the cooking. It wasn't for what I made. It was the fact that, <laughs> it, it was the fact that when I yell, I sound like Bill Burr. <laughs> so that's how everything just got started. And then it just, you like you sit there and you overanalyze every freaking comment trying to figure out, okay, well, what was it that did it? What was it? What was it? What was it? And just the common denominator all the time was like, this dude sounds like the dude from F is for Family. And I'm like, you can always tell how old someone is by where they know Bill Burr from, right? <laughs> but as soon as I'm sitting there, I'm like, I sound like Bill Burr. I looked at my wife, she's like, I don't hear it, and I'm like, I don't really hear it either. And I'm like, Wait a minute, hold on. You want to fucking like and then I started going. I'm like sitting going, Oh, we might have something here. And then we just went with it. And I just did another video and another video, and it just started snowballing and snowballing and snowballing. And then it, it just it blew up.
0: Well, I think you know how what's the difference between Gary Baradola versus Gary the barbecue chef? Like are you how are you able to kind of separate them <laughs> outside of what you do in each world you live in? <clears throat>
1: Well, for for instance, I'm uh, I as a person do not yell and scream 24 hours a day. <laughs> right. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I I pretty am I pretty much am that crazy. I mean, <laughs> um, you know, it's just it's the jokes, it's the comedy. I've always I've always loved comedy, and I've always loved cooking ever since I was a little kid. So we just kind of put the two things together, and I figured. Every single time you're watching like a cooking video, it's like the most boring, monotonous shit. And you're sitting there going, I can just read this and be better off. Like, I just, I'll just, just read the recipe versus watching this recipe video. And I'm like, well, let's make them fun. And then we just started, I just started yelling and screaming and cussing and throwing shit. And every once in a while, I put on the stupid fucking Boston accent, kid. And we start fucking making shit. Sure you put this in the fucking dish. And then you fuck it up with the rub, get your fucking, you know, your hat, you put it on your fucking hat. And then you, I don't know, take out the air pod, put it back in. I don't fucking know what's going on. Who gives a fuck, okay? You know? Like, right. <laughs> it just, it just like, and then it came out with like calling things weird names. Like, uh, like mayonnaise is greasy liquid chicken yogurt. Like think about how it's made, right? And then like, for instance, I'm even wearing a shirt. Yeah, I'm yeah, the ice cubes we call them water nuggets, water McNuggets. Uh, um, what are some of the other Titanic sinkers, Glacier sprinkles, Glacier poop? Uh, <laughs> all kinds of things. Like just it's just it, we go crazy with it, and it's fun.
0: Well, it seems like growing up, I w- I remember watching a PBS like Julia Child's Kitchen. Um, and then later on, as I got older, I started to appreciate Iron Chef back where it was like Cat Cora, like Mark Dacossus before he actually started <clears throat> speaking English, right? Thought I Thought he could speak English, right? And so I, I always, like to your point, like when I watch these shows, I always be like this. It seems like these chefs, they never get portrayed as having dark humor or humor or people. It's always very like, this is how you cut the onion. This is how you saute. And to your point, I started gravitating towards people who are very like vocal, passionate and characters outside of the normal what you can perceive as a, a chef, and that's why I love like the the like the the chop shows and stuff. Some of these people can kind of like be themselves. People like you that have this opportunity to do like a next level or a cooking show. It's like these new personalities, which are going to feed the future generations of people that are into cooking and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean Julia Child. I mean, yeah, they all the old ones. They were great. Like, I'm um, granted, I was when I was younger. I really didn't watch cooking shows. Um, I was, I was the cartoon kid. I really was. I was like the Cartoon Network, Cartoon Cartoons, Cow and Chicken. It's really funny too because now one of my friends is Marty Grabstein, who was the voice of Courage the Cowardly Dog, and. <laughs> And it's so funny. I walk by and when we'll do conventions together. And I'll walk by and I'll just be like, the things I do for love, you know, and he'll, he'll get all excited. And oh, my God, it's, you know, but yeah, I was I was the cartoon kid. I was like, I didn't I didn't really watch like cooking shows. Um, the whole thing that really got me into cooking was my dad. He started me with like scrambled eggs and mac and cheese and stuff like that when I was a kid. And then one day he's like, he's, you know, he started, he brought me out to the grill and he showed me how to use the grill. And I just fell in love with fire. <laughs> right? Uh, just, I fell in love with using the grill.
0: It's like, so how often so, do you normally cook at a week? When you're at uh, home with your friends or say there's a week, you're getting a party. Like, can you ever go to a household, like a party or gather and not feel like you have to cook on a grill or do something in the kitchen?
1: Oh yeah, there's plenty of times where like I'll I'll go over and like I don't have to cook or do anything, and they do everything, and they you know they do all of it. But normally, um, our house is kind of the gathering house, so normally I do end up cooking. Or if it's a night where we're just going to have drinks and play some games, we'll maybe just order takeout. You know, that way right. none of us have to cook.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've always been curious I, yeah. It seems but like I, I, you're a very I do. Per- Sorry you go you go you're you're a very personable person so it's like it seems like it it must be tough to like shut that off because it's like I love people assume I do security for stuff Then they assume I love talking about guns and knives and tactical driving and watching all these espionage films it's like I'm not that person I live in that world and I'm able to kind of shut that off but for you it's like it's like a crazy fan base. People are like living in that. The people that love the cooking stuff that watch food network or stuff like that, or people that love having barbecues and cookouts. It's like, Oh, Gary's coming. He's going to do his famous cheesy potatoes or whatever. It's like, it's good to hear that you are able to kind of step away from that. Just enjoy it for what it is as yourself and not feel like you have to be the star of your own cookout.
1: Yeah. And uh, with what you said first, I wouldn't I I've met you a handful of times. We've we've we we've, we've exchanged oxygen and all that and uh or sorry, not exchange shared oxygen. Let's put shared. it that way. That'd be yeah. like Yeah, can you can you just sneeze into my mouth? I want to breathe it in right. really, really hard right now. One of us um, pass out.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but um you know what I meant. Maybe not, but it's funny. <laughs> but it's funny though, because I would not think to do that with you. Like, yeah, let's go talk about guns and race cars and espionage movies. No. No, it's actually. <laughs> like, I'll be like, "What do you want to talk about, man? Like, let's talk about life. Let's talk about the meaning of it. Do you like this cooler right here? Like, right? It, yeah, no. I just that's the same thing I tell people all the time. It's like when when you're meeting celebrities at conventions, it's the same thing. It's okay. you run up. Oh my god, I'm a big fan. I really like you in this movie and that movie. Why don't you just walk up to him ask them how their day is, man?
0: <laughs> well, sorry, it's so tough for people to separate that. Oh, and I know we're going to talk about it, but your friend or oh, Jason David Frank passed away, and that type, people like that you meet, and I've had the privilege to meet him back mm-hmm. in the day with, with that show, Power Rangers is still a huge thing, and people like that you meet, it's like you're blown away because they are human, and it makes you respect and appreciate their work that much more because they're bigger than the person that you know them as. Uh, But I know you recently just had one of the other rangers over your house doing a cookout thing. It's like, it's kind of cool to see you Mm -hmm. as that kind of pop culture guy too. Like you're in that world too, doing these comic cons Mm -hmm. and conventions and it's just, it's, it's, I would always go to those where I've had to go, had to go for work and stuff. I'm like, whatever. Like I don't, I want to meet this guy. Like I want to meet him, but I don't. Cause you always hear like, you never want to meet your heroes. Right. And I'm not saying actors and athletes and, or heroes but it's okay to have people you look up to and appreciate or they help you get through a bad time in your life whether it's a singer or a movie actor or whatever and kind of talk to me about like what that means that you have like forged those kind of friendships with people that you're at a table with someone like jason david frank or anyone else you kind of met along the way where it's like these are real friendships are real people that are just out there changing people's lives for the better
1: yeah i mean like i said like the the whole way me and Jason David Frank even met in the first place was um, he was at the North Dartmouth uh, mall doing a uh, a signing at uh, at the Toy Vault actually. Awesome. <laughs> and uh, I I went there with this I have it's right off camera over here it's my I have a black and gold Legacy Sabasword, the the San Diego Comic Con exclusive and there's only a thousand of them ever made and I wanted to have him sign it. And I walk in and realize that the whole thing is sanctioned by Rhode Island Comic Con, and I knew everybody that was working it. So, and they were in the next thing, the next like three or four stops that he was doing were all uh, GameStop locations. And he was like, So, my buddy Mike Burgey, who is uh, for Rhode Island Comic Con at all of the cons, actually, he is like the vendor floor manager. Like, he is the guy. Like, if you have a question, he's the one that answers it. And, um, he just he just comes up to me goes so can i call an audible and i'm like what do you need what happened he goes "GameStop did not lift a finger to promote this entire thing and he's not he like so far we don't even know if people are going to be showing up and i'm like all right get me in with them my autograph's free though like (laughs) (laughs) i want my autograph for free i'm helping this guy right you know like and then uh so he you know they bring me in there and you figured now at this point uh, before this I was I was a volunteer for Rhode Island Comic Con I was one of the celebrity liaisons and I worked with all the celebrities and yeah like you lo- you kind of lose the whole starstruck feeling you know what I mean like yeah. I just they're just people man like you saw when I met Shiner I wasn't geeking all over the place I'm like what's up man you know yeah, like no, hey, how's right. it going yeah
0: right how's
1: your day been you know what I mean like it's it's just it's not I'm I don't have that anymore like I, don't get me wrong at first I did. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) but um, but yeah,
0: like it's just, you know, and I,
1: I just lost my whole train of thought.
0: So you're helping Jason promote? Oh, right. So Yeah. yeah, yeah. So
1: I go in there, and now I've met this guy probably three, four times at this point, and I already had stuff signed by him and the whole nine yards, right? And I'm like, yeah. So I walk in, I say hi to him, I shake his hand. I'm like, we've met a bunch of times. You probably don't remember. You see millions of people. I get it. It's cool. You know? And I'm like, I'm going to help you promote this thing. I'm I'm an influencer on social media. I know I hate that name, but that's what I am. Right. (laughs) And I'm going to do, you know, we're going to promote this thing and we're going to, we're going to make it big. And he's like, all right, cool. Let's do it. I go to take out my phone and my hand starts. (laughs) Like, I'm. Can you stop to the point where he's like, Matt, bro, don't worry about it. I got it. He grabs the phone out of my hand and start and sit and just starts recording. And he goes, all right, go. And we just did this whole commercial. He had to hold the camera cause I was shaking. And then I proceeded to do every stop with him along the way. And then I had this idea that I wanted to cook a Jason David flank steak and we, and he loved it. And I was going to do it at one of the locations, like just on site. And we're sitting at a Wayback Burger after one of the events one day. We're eating we're eating dinner. And he just looked at me goes, would it be easier if we just did it at your house? I'm like, well, I mean, if we did it there, I could pull out like way more stops and everything like that. He goes, cool. We'll just do it there. I'll be right back. I got to go to the bathroom. The owner of Rhode Island Comic Con is sitting next to me. And I just looked at him and went, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> but. And that's that's how everything happened. And like we've been we've been friends ever since, you know.
0: Yeah, it's cool, man. It's that uh, the tribute you posted was so heartfelt, and it's like <clears throat> it puts in perspective too, like yeah, like the human aspect of these people <clears> that do that. And, and it is what's funny too, is it's not funny, but when someone comes to see you at a Comic-Con, maybe your one of your reels about trying a drink or cooking a steak or something it maybe they're having a really shitty day and it made them feel good about themselves and you made that that positive impact on them it's like when people come to your table is it do you find it's more from the social media like tiktok videos or like the next level appearance stuff or is it just a just who you are because it seems like people are generally excited to be with you and like all your interactions you post you make people feel better about themselves
1: well, I mean that's the whole idea of the channel. I mean, basically, one of the things that I I love to do is promote positivity. I, I want people to feel good about themselves. I want them to get up and actually make a meal for themselves and stop eating frozen TV dinners. You know, that just it's crap. It's not good for you. You know, make something for yourself. Feed yourself. You know, but I mean, it's I, I've I've gotten those messages on in comments and uh, like Instagram DMs where people are like, hey, you know, you you pulled me out of a dark time. Or, um, I've, I've even gotten, I've even gotten as far as people telling me that they, I stopped them from killing themselves.
0: That's positive, and man.
1: it's, it's, you, I, I don't know what to say to that. You know, it's like, it's, I still haven't really found a good answer for, hi, you made me not want to kill myself anymore. Um, it's 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 crazy to even think about you know um it's 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 wild yeah <laughs> have,
0: you, um, have you found when you do the convention stuff when you talk to other actors and whoever there the the fascination every, every I think everyone loves to cook or they think they're a good cook or they appreciate grilling or something like that and I'm one of those people who just has a good time doing it but is it I find it so interesting that people that you would assume to be like into cooking or really good chefs are some of my friends that are in music or athletes or they do theater or this chiropractor my friends go to he's like oh you're gonna love he makes the best burgers so it's like every time i hear someone say oh these are the best burgers i'm like i hear that every day off but when i have it I'm like holy shit how's this guy gonna make a great burger it's, like, it's just fascinating how cooking kind of brings everyone together like that <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, I mean it is really cool. I mean it, there there actually are a lot. It's, I mean some of some of the people that I actually know that are foodies are also a music, which is kind of funny. Uh, one of them, which being Joey Fatone, uh, Howie D from Backstreet Boys, um, and AJ McLean. They're 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 foodies. They're super foodies. Um, a lot of the, I mean, some of the other people I work with are. I know um, Steve Cardenas, who's the Red Ranger. He's kind of a foodie, um, but I mean it's just. It's cool to see like, like you see them in a different light all of a sudden, especially like when you find out like, hey, this person's a foodie or, you know, this person like had a super serious role, but he's wildly and hilariously gay okay. in real life, you know, which by the way, John Barrowman, he was, uh, he was Malcolm Merlin on Arrow. Yeah, he was the, he was the, uh, he was the dark archer. Yes. He is the funniest, most amazing gay man I've ever met in my life.
0: That's awesome.
1: I have no idea how the hell he did that role, but he had the most serious face in every single one of those shots. And he, bro, he showed up the first day at Colorado Springs Comic-Con last year in a wedding dress and pumps. It was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, it's, you see these people in a different light, especially like, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's just, you know, like, for instance, um, Joey Fatone is also a sneakerhead. He oh. just... He has, like, this wild sneaker collection. And every... Like, I literally go up to him every day just to see what kind of shoes he's wearing. Awesome.
0: <laughs> so. It's... Uh, one of your... One of the great bits you do when you do, like, make the drinks. And I'm not even sure... I I don't even know what that apparatus is called that tells you how it's filled enough and all that. Like, I want you to talk about <laughs> that. But... I my, I guess my thing is some of the drinks you make that look amazing, some of the don't, do you always finish the drinks, or do you kind of do like what Guy Fury's done before, where he kind of spits it out before he takes and stuff, and it's like how much can you sustain when it comes to eating and drinking all day? So
1: Uh, what a lot of people don't know about those drink videos is, I mean, obviously sometimes you can hear them, but i more often than not have a table full of people in my dining room just off of, just off camera. So what we end up doing is everyone gets a shot glass. And then when, when I'm done filming the entire drink video and I take my sip, I give the reaction and then we either, if it's bad, we just dump it down the drain. But if it's good, we all share that drink. So you figure we can sit here in one night and do 18, 19 drinks. And by the time it's said everything's said and done, if there's like five of us here, we all had what three drinks total? Right. We're right. taking shots of mixed drinks. You know what I mean? Plus, I mean, if you want, you can have an actual like full drink on the side.
0: Right. But
1: I mean, if if we're going, if I'm like I'm I, if I look at them, I'm like, guys, it's gonna be a late one. Then they usually don't take the second drink and they usually just kind of, all right, so we're just going to keep banging down these shots,
0: <laughs> you know. It's, so when you when you kind of create that bit, is that something you didn't know was going to take off? And then obviously as the endorsement, and the parks come in, uh, like are you kind of like how far ahead do you have to think in terms of creating those things. Cause be, I mean, if people aren't following you for your food, maybe they're following you for the drink stuff now or vice versa or this other idea you got covered. It's like, how far ahead do you have to be think creatively? And if something sticks, are you prepared for that thing to get as big as it does?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard sometimes to do that, especially like thinking ahead because you never know what's going to trend next. Right. That's number one. But when it comes to, when it comes to the drink videos, um, for instance, I'm filming, I'm, I'm starting filming tomorrow. Um, it's probably going to take me two days to get everything that I need to get done. But I, um, I picked out all the drinks this morning and, uh, I did an inventory of everything as well this morning, right after I picked all the drinks and then figured out what I needed, went to the liquor store and I bought about $150 worth of liquor this morning. So, Uh, everything's ready to go for tomorrow. We're doing, um, we're coming into the summer months and I noticed that I've never used Prosecco. So, uh, we're diving really hard into like Prosecco kind of inspired cocktails this month. So it's going to be a lot of like spritzers and like a lot of stuff with like different wines. And, um, we're really diving into the aperitifs and digestifs and, um, I picked up a bottle of rumple mints. I haven't drank oh, wow. that since high school. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god.
1: I literally took a sip of it earlier and literally made this face. Uh, <laughs> just I haven't drank it since like high school. <laughs> so, uh, it's going to be an interesting month when it comes to the drinks. Um, we some of the some of the drink names uh, one of them is uh, is a drink called uh, a Rocky Mountain Bear Fucker. There is another one called a Harley Davidson Oil Shot. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's another one that ha- it's beer o'clock and it has beer and coffee and orange juice and wow. some other shit. <laughs> yeah, there's just some of them are just weird and out there. But the point is, I pick the drinks that uh, I think are kind of weird and out there. Because you you want it to fail, and then you want it to work. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, you want it to look like shit but taste amazing. Because you want to have zero hope for the drink. Because then when you actually taste it, the reaction that you give is what's going to make that video go viral. Because you need to capture their attention within the first three seconds, or they will scroll away from you.
0: And that's that's great, because, like, every time I watch those and you have your famous tagline that starts it and it's like that's why i think it's so endearing with you it's like it's an honest assessment in real time at least some of the best ones i laugh at late night i'm just like oh this drink he your reaction is so negative and so like this is fucking terrible and it's just like this it's endearing because it's like oh this is a real this is like this could be me and here i am watching this guy go through the punishment of drinking these terrible drinks it's, it's pretty cool
1: Yeah, we actually, uh, I'm actually posting one tomorrow where I'm, yeah, it was, what was it called? The Silver Bullet. My friends picked the drink for me, and they know I hate gin, and they know I hate scotch. A Silver Bullet is half and half in a martini glass of gin and scotch. I got done tasting it, and I literally called it a miscarriage. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. I'm like, this is fucking disgusting. God. I dumped it immediately.
0: When, oh, it, when it comes Ugh. to like, you kind of, you obviously you are very funny. And you mentioned your comedic tones, your approach to this. But when it comes to like joke writing or like, when it comes to like your ice nuggets or stuff like that, do you have to take notes or is that just stuff come to you organically? It's, it's well, some of the even- stuff you say is super creative. It's like, there's no way this is coming off the top of his head in real time. And if it is, man, it's impressive.
1: Sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. And it all depends on what they are, but more than more often than not, you're going to laugh. because a lot of them come from my wife. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, my wife was the one that came up with liquid chickens for eggs. Um, Love it. my wife came up with, when we, when I, anytime I use garlic, it's Italian cologne. That was my wife. Um, but I mean, stuff like, you know, like if I use cilantro, like Mexican soap weed, that came like right off, right off the top of my head. Um, water nuggets, the Titanic sinkers, that was all off the top of my head, like glacier sprinkles. That one, we, that one, we kind of shopped a little bit <laughs> Yeah, because um, we're just trying to figure out different stuff. And then like people used to call celery crunchy water. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm sitting there going that, that could work for ice too. So we're going to call it crunchy water, you know? So, I mean, some of the things come off, like, the top of my head. But for the most part, a lot of them are, like, thought out. Um, like, for instance, like, in, in the beginning of every drink video, we do, like, a welcome to another episode of. And it's, like, some stupid line. And then, like, another stupid line. And then just recently, we started um, implementing dad jokes into it. Because you have a line and then a line. So, there you go. There's the first part of the joke. And then the punchline. So, I mean, it was just weird. Like we used to do things like, um, what was one of them? Um, I was like, welcome to another episode of, I don't like your carpet in your house. Like it's just stupid random lines that you would never normally think that someone would say. Right. Or like, welcome to another episode of my teeth itch. Uh, (laughs) You know, it's, it's things that just, you're supposed to catch them off guard. That was the whole idea behind it. And it, Honestly, in in the first few drink videos, we weren't even doing that. And then one day, I was actually drunk, and I said, "Welcome to another episode." Go fuck yourself! And it just took off. And they're like, "There needs to be a thing in every video." Yeah. I'm like, now we just keep doing these stupid "Welcome to another episode" of.
0: <laughs> well, so to your point, the first three seconds they're gonna hear something outrageous. Now, if even if it wasn't you, if I heard something like my teeth itch. Well, what's the next 30 minutes, 30 seconds of the video going to be about? Because this doesn't yeah. make any sense. I think that's, it's genuine. How vital is it to have someone like your wife or your strong network of friends to like be by your side to kind of go through this? It seems like when you first start this, if you don't have that 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 backbone, those people behind your back, this, as you know, like this industry, when it's becoming an influencer, doing what you do, that... You deal with you could deal with a lot of flack, a lot of negativity, a lot of just negative energy out there, right? And so it's like, how do you? Obviously, you have your bad days, but if like you go through like your comments sometimes and read people like, oh, this guy sucks, or he never won next level chef, or this guy doesn't always talking about it. it's like, if I was you and I read that stuff, I don't know. There's only so much you could take, right? Like I do a podcast, where I get negative people like, oh, you would talk to this guy because he's conservative, or you would talk to him because your friend, like with stuff like that where it's like <clears throat> at the beginning i got super bummed i was like i'm just trying to do my own thing here like i'm not here to offend anyone or if you don't like it move along but how do you kind of process that without having those people like your wife or your friends hey keep doing what you're doing because it's working you're helping people and you're going to email some people saying hey man you saved my life
1: honestly the best thing you can do with those comments is just delete them and pretend like they don't exist um you kind of just swallow it um at first, I got it. I, I mean, I I've gotten into trouble by clapping back. Obviously, everyone has. Uh, you know, uh, you're I, you're thrown into. You can get thrown one. into. <laughs> oh yeah, listen. Uh, if if you're dumb enough to say something on my channel and let me get a hold of it, you better know what's coming.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> but I mean, I I mean, the best thing, honestly, the best thing you can do, and I don't always follow this rule because obviously I'm me and I'm a hot-headed motherfucker. But, um. It's just one of those things where just delete it, move on. Don't even give them the time of day because as soon as you give them attention, they win. Um, I don't always follow those rules because one of the things that I love to do is make an example of them. This is what happens when you can be stupid on the internet. Um, And, you know, we've done it multiple times and we've, we've actually had people's entire accounts canceled and removed because, you know, they, they say something hateful. Like I had a, um not too long ago, um, I posted a video about um I still have one of Jason David Frank's uh old MMA shirts. And I'm not, at this point I'm not getting into it anymore. And uh I put on my on my wish my Amazon wish list, I put a uh shadow box frame. So I was gonna hang it up in there and everything. And someone in that video in the comment section made fun of suicide. Oh. And I I, I, I commented back, and I said, did you just make fun of suicide? Hold my beer. Watch this. And I screenshotted it. I screenshotted her profile. And I went to every social media platform where I could post a picture, and I posted them. And all I, that was all I had to do. My followers tore. It was a woman
0: tore her apart. I remember that.
1: Happens when you make fun of one of my friends.
0: Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> social media is so weird, man. It's it's like if you you it's like you're, it's like a full time job too. Like I, when it comes to the podcast and like the social media aspect of like promoting and stuff, like I only have so much time a day because it's not my full time job. But for you to always have to have your pulse on different trends or different uh, like how you film now is like whether it's horizontal or vertical or different sound emoji, like just all this crazy stuff. it's like, how do you like, what's the end game for social media thing? Like, it, like you would think once everyone's happy, just keep it there, make it an evil playground or even playground. But it seems like every day it's changing or there's a new thing, there's threads now, or it's like, where, where do you find social media going in terms of people like you, like influencers or people out there trying to create their own original content?
1: Well, I mean, you think about it everyone everyone's seen all the futuristic movies where everyone has screens oh, in their faces and right. you have you have like the uh wa- the movie wally where everyone's just fat and boneless and sitting in floating chairs yep. you know you know eventually that one day i mean we what just what not uh a few days ago we just had the first the world's first flying car approved by the faa okay. so we're going there and it's no one's, no one's seeing this. It's like the next thing, you know, a comp like Cyberdyne's going to start creating robots, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know,
0: we'll see what else the, up. yeah, it's just crazy.
1: Exactly. We'll see what else the Simpsons can predict. Uh, <laughs> <you know? laughs> but I mean, it's just, you know, we're all kind of heading in that direction, but I mean, social media as a whole, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I mean, Granted, everyone was like, I, I, dude, I, re- I remember, I remember the day where I had a MySpace and everyone was like, dude, you going to try out Facebook. And I'm like, man, Facebook's stupid and it's never going to last. I, I honestly, actively said that. <laughs> and now Facebook has Instagram, meta, threads, yep. like it just, and now they're just, they're, they're like a peaceful world power at this point. Snapchat. And... Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. They have, it's, it, I think it's Instagram that owns Snapchat. Yeah. I think something like that. It's like DBA after DBA after DBA after DBA. But <laughs> um, yeah, no, but I mean, it's I, I think it's like that's the way that this world is going. Like we thought we were in a digital age before, but I think now we're actually entering the digital age. So I don't know if the whole social media influencer thing is going to last. Me personally, I'm trying to set myself up with other things using my social media platform. So I have multiple streams of income that way, you know, if if TikTok up, you know, if they actually did ban it tomorrow, I'm still okay. I'd be bummed, but I'm still okay. And that's just kind of like the world that we live in right now. It's just, you know, we have to kind of worry about what's what you're putting on social media. First of all, and well, I tell people all the time, you put something on the internet, that shit's permanent. You may think you'd be, a, you, you think you're able to delete it, but you can't. Yeah. Someone screenshotted that shit somewhere in the world. They did.
0: Yep. Yeah. So you run for office. It's going to hide away. The, when you did next level chef, like, what was that recruitment process like? Was that before you were really obviously really big on social media? Correct. Like how does that show even find someone like you in Rhode Island?
1: Uh, so at that point, I think when, when we actually did the filming, I think I remember saying that I was at 800,000 followers, I think that was, uh, it was filmed in August of 2021. Um, they reached out to me the beginning of that summer of all places in my Instagram DMs. His name was Ian Connor. He was one of the casting producers of the show and he messaged me on Instagram and then sent, he emailed me and sent me all of the the application information. They were, uh, they were hard up for social media chefs for the show. And they like fast tracked me through the process. And I didn't even know that I was going until four days before I had to fly out. Wow. <laughs> so it was literally like right up to the wire. And they're like, dude, we need an answer. Am I going or am I not? Four days beforehand, they're like, by the way, we just booked you a flight. I'm like, I don't know how to do backflips, but if I did, I'd be doing one. <laughs> right.
0: Um,
1: and it was, it. I mean, going out there and doing that was just crazy. It was really funny because it was my first ever time in Vegas, and I got to experience exactly none of it. Um, <laughs> we were all still in the COVID bubble. So yeah. uh, we, we stayed at the... Um, it was the old hard rock hotels. Now the Virgin mobile hotel.
0: Yep.
1: Yep. So it was all at the Virgin mobile hotel right off the strip. So it was, I had this view where I was actually looking at the high roller wheel and then all the way down the strip to like where TI and like the, the, um, what the hell is it called? Westgate? Yeah. All that. Like I could overlook everything. And, um, the whole thing was, is we, if we went anywhere outside of our hotel room, we had to wear masks Um, I didn't have the key to my own hotel room. Um, I could not go out by myself. If I went anywhere, I had to be escorted. Um, We basically ate, I I ate the most takeout I've ever eaten in my life in the time that I was there. Um, It was literally like morning, noon and night, just Grubhub, Grubhub, room service, maybe some more room service, Grubhub. (laughs) I mean, I was eating White Castle, Hooters, sushi, Thai food. Um, I got this Dolce de Leche French toast from the, from the room service of the hotel that when it came up to the room, I thought it was a full loaf of fucking bread. Uh, (laughs) it was, it was like humongous. And it had like the, it had like the caramel brittle on the side with the Dolce de Leche sauce and maple syrup. And it was like, you, Oh, you cut it, dude. I couldn't eat the whole thing because I, I would have, I would have looked like I was six months pregnant, but God damn, was it good. Right. Um, it just, it was just crazy. And then you go on and then you're on set for 12 hours a day to film a 45 minute episode. Um, those, those cutaway interviews where you like in the moment when things are happening and all of a sudden they cut away to like an interview of you and you say something, those are filmed after the fact, they put you back into that, um, Into that situation, whether it's good or bad, whether you liked it or hated it, you're going back into that situation and you have to react like it's actually happening right now. And all of those are filmed in a shipping container with a blurred out backdrop.
0: They sure my, are. For those that are familiar with the show, like, especially at least that season, I have to, really the only first two seasons I watched. It's like this three levels of restaurants. And one of the episodes that you're in that I just love is when that steak falls down, I think, from one floor. Oh. Like, and then it's like you're kind of like, I think you were stuck on like chicken liver or like beef liver or something like that, where you're like you're kind of fucked. But then you realize and see that steak had fallen to your level. And it's like the cutaway was so like, You're like, oh, thank God. It was like, you were just like, hell yes. It's like, it's just, it's when I see stuff like that, I'm always like, is that pre-planned to see if people are paying attention to spice it up or how much of that stuff is like on the fly? Like this guy's going to, this guy's going to wait and do it.
1: So when it comes to that steak thing, that actually happened. That was not planned. That Uh, that was not scripted. (laughs) Uh, That actually did happen. So uh, her name is Amber Rebold. She was uh, she was in the middle kitchen. I was in the basement kitchen, and she she uh, picked up a flat iron steak on the plate, and um, she went to go grab a couple other things, and it literally slipped out of her hands. The plate itself landed on the platform, but the steak fell off the plate on its way to the platform and went straight down in between the railing and the platform. So now it comes down to the, to the basement floor where I am. And so where that platform comes down, um, on the, like on the floor, there's kind of like a raised area where it's like a big, like mesh grate, almost looks like a, like a steam grate kind of yeah. thing. Right. And then there's this like metal frame around it. So it, it, when it came down, it slapped right on the corner of that metal frame. And th- this part you didn't hear like, it, like in the show, when that thing came down and went, Wah! and that thing rang like you would not believe it was. So I looked down, I'm like, was that a steak? And it was just the funniest frigging thing. And then because the whole thing, it was steak day. And uh, you, you figure a flat iron would never make it to the basement. Correct. Well, it made it to the basement because uh, it's funny because all 15 of us have a group chat uh, that we're on the show and we call it, we called it the next level chef cast and her nickname still to this day is meat angel <laughs> we we uh, we've effectively called her meat angel um, awesome. but yeah no that that steak dropped and i washed it off and i i served gordon ramsay a steak that fell on the floor sure did i did that <laughs> but when it comes to when it comes to things being staged Um, for the most part, the only thing that really actually happens, like, um, as soon as we grab all of our, like, you have the 30 seconds to grab whatever ingredients you can off the platform. What they don't tell you is every single thing that you grab has to be incorporated in your dish. Otherwise you're disqualified. And on top of that, um, once you, once you get back to your station and everything like the 30 seconds is up, cut, everything stops. The cast, the crew comes out. They inventory everything you take. And then we go, all right, three, two, one, action, boom, you go into the cook. So it's everything kind of stops and then starts and then stops and then starts and then stops. Um, Each, when they did that, each, um, each floor, I believe had about 14 cameras in it. So you had about 14 pairs of eyes or uh, counting the one from coming in from the outside and a big, huge boom, where it would come up, And it would like come into the kitchen and out of the kitchen and like out and around and down. So that would be like fifteen cameras on every floor. Uh, If you look really closely in the left and right walls, as you're looking into all of the kitchens as they're stacked on top of each other, you'll see one-way mirrors. You'll probably you you should be able to see them.
0: Yeah. What? So every time I I've never met Gordon Ramsay in person. I love his shows. I love what he represents. I love just his approach to life and stuff. But is it, it having you worked under him or with him, however that works that that TV world, did you when you met him, was your feeling the same as if you would never met him before, or were you kind of like this guy is a business guy, like I like what like what could take away from meeting him.
1: Um what I can take away from meeting him is he's actually one of the sweetest guys I've ever met. Okay. Um, he's super, super nice. He's not like all the angriness. And that's when, that's when the lights come on and the cameras come on and he, he turns into what he needs to turn into for the ratings. Um, but he is the super, he's super, super nice. Um, it like, if put it this way, if you go on and you watch, uh, for instance, master chef junior, where he works with the kids. Yeah um if you watch him with his own kids on social media that's him that's he is a straight up goofball um one of my favorite stories like we were in the top kitchen all of us were in the top kitchen and he was talking to us he was addressing us telling us about like what what we could expect and he's sitting there and he's folding paper airplanes while he's talking to us and he gets done talking and he had folded eight paper airplanes and he goes right come with me come with me and he walks over to the edge of the, the set and he he grabs these paper airplanes, he starts pelting the production crew with paper airplanes. And it's we were just like, what? And he's just laughing his ass off. We, so we sit there, we're laughing. We're sitting. He's actually hitting people and like we're like five stories up because these I mean these kitchens are tall. Yeah. Uh it was like a five-story tall set. And he's actually managing to pelt these guys with freaking like he's done this before. <laughs> awesome! But, yeah, no, I was waiting for Richard Blaze to come by the way he can get get one stuck in his hair. <laughs> Wait, Listen. you just, you seen rich? Have you seen Richard Blaze? He's four uh, foot seven, and then he fits he fixes his hair, and he's six foot two.
0: Yeah, it's big hair, big uh, <laughs> do. What are some of your favorite cooking shows right now?
1: Um. I'm actually really big fan of watching Beat Bobby Flay. Totally. Um, I love something... show. I freaking love Bobby Flay. <laughs> uh, that one, I love watching uh, pretty much anything by Guy Fieri because that man is literally my spirit animal. Yeah. Um, he's he's so nice, too. I actually have a, um, a Santo Tequila cup signed by Guy right over here <laughs> on my bar. Um but anything, pretty much anything he does. I mean, I've been to a number of his restaurants. Um, same thing with Ramsey, too. I've been to a number of his. Um, it's really funny. I, I What was, I, there was a show. I can't remember what it's called now. Um, it was a Gordon Ramsey show. And he was going, uh, he was going into these places and he put on a disguise so no one would recognize him. Oh, and then he kind of. It was kind of like um, I forgot the name of the show, but it was kind of like almost like a bar rescue esque kind of thing.
0: Yeah, like but it was boss, Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. Oh,
1: what? And, yeah, he, he basically he basically copied bar rescue, but it was it, but he had the whole like the he went in disguise, and there was ones where he even he would even disguise himself and then have a look alike go in as him. Like, it was it, – I mean, he thought of it – dude, there was one of them. He dressed in drag. He dressed up as an old woman. It was fantastic. And then the thing is, though, is he would stand up in the middle of the restaurant. Can I have your attention, please? And all of a sudden, he starts talking, and you can hear his voice, and he starts peeling off the freaking, like, the prosthetics and the, the wigs and the friggin' fake cheeks and shit, and, like, taking off all like, – he just goes down to his black T-shirt and everything. And everyone just sitting there going – Oh goodness, right. <laughs> they're all just losing their minds. But it's such a great show because it's like, that's, a, it's, I loved Bar Rescue. So, I mean, it was basically the same premise and it was Gordon Ramsay. And I'm like, all right, sold. He's bringing back Kitchen Nightmares. Do you hear that?
0: I heard that. I saw the press release for it.
1: <clears throat> yep. I saw the press release for it too. And I'm excited. He was actually just in New England filming uh, for it. So that's he's awesome. going to be doing a couple places in New England. And I was just with him a couple weeks ago in New York City
0: awesome it's i think yeah. when, like when you watch like the shop or like the beat bobby flay it's like i watch it because it's very specific or something about that show i like or just the way the judges are or the way it's kind of put together it's like watching you i know every time i see a new drink i'm gonna love the content so those 30 seconds i watch that clip or whatever your reaction and i think people gravitate towards what they're comfortable with and i think it's more you, you get more and more out there and your brand and stuff. I think people would be like, "This is a guy that, if you like, if you don't like swearing, uh, the maybe we'll stay away or keep the, uh, the volume down." But I, but I, what? And I'm not someone that I swear. Obviously, I'm aware people swear a ton, and it's not always my cup of tea. But with you, it's so genuine and heartfelt. Like it, it reminds me of my friends that be in college. We did do our first shot of some uh, cocksucking cowboy or like some weird dumb uh car bomb shit that were like miser cottage cheese and this vodka type shit it's like it always reminds me of like this is back when i was mm-hmm. in college with my friends it's like the good times it's like I, it, I do appreciate that stuff man i think you're onto something with that
1: thank you yeah i mean it's there i mean the drink videos are a lot of fun to do um except for the there were there were two recent ones where i wasn't really the biggest fan of doing them because it involved me throwing up in my sink but uh yeah, there was the three wise men where um, I it, I managed to get the shot down. And then I'm standing on camera like this. And I'm like, is it going to stay down? Is it going to stay down? Nope. And I ran off camera. and You heard me immediately throw up in the sink. And then that was the three wise men. And then everyone, dude, I'm not even kidding you when I tell you they were chanting in the comments, four horsemen, four horsemen, four horsemen. So now I'm like, fuck, I got to do it. So I did the four horsemen shot and it didn't like, it literally like it poked the back of my throat and just came (laughs) right back out. Um, And that one, um, I think I violently hurled about seven times on camera. It was like, "Ah, ah, ah." and it just, it was just, Oh God. And (laughs) the first comment on that video was dot, 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 So, did you like it?
0: (laughs) How was it? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was was great. I thought it was so great. I thought I'd purge the nine other drinks that I did and dinner.
0: (laughs) Your, uh, the recent food one, you did the scallop one. I think yesterday or the day before. uh, It's the first time, the first one I've watched it like 15 times. Because when you watch something like that, I love scallops. And it looks so good. But, like, I'm trying to picture myself make that. Because you make it seem, obviously, you know what you're doing. You're flawless with that and how you prepare it and all that. But I'm like, if I were to do this right now, it wouldn't look nearly as good. It's like you did the the way you filmed it, like the way it looked and how you ate it. It was just, I love that. I think that's what kind of gets me going with, like, maybe I could attempt to cook this. It's, you make it seem easy. It's very, it's obviously very passionate what you do but it's not intimidating either. Like another chef could do with that scallop. Right. And I, I love that stuff, man. Mm -hmm. That that, that type of content with scallops is just awesome.
1: Well, I mean, that one right there is a super simple recipe, but it's so simple yet. It's so good. And that one actually wasn't even mine. It was, um, I'm I'm actually going to throw him out there. His name is chef Alex trim. He's actually a Michelin trained chef. He's from London and he's also one of the owners of meat. So horny. Um, he, he's the one that came up with that recipe. And I, the only thing that I did was in, I used lime juice, lime, zest. Uh, sorry, lime juice, lime zest and cilantro. Whereas he used lemon juice, lemon, zest, lemon zest and parsley. So I made it, I don't know, Mexican maybe, I don't know, yeah. but um, I, I just, I like the flavor of lime and cilantro more than I do lemon and parsley. Um, when it comes to like what I like in the barbecue world, that to me, lemon and parsley reminds me of Italian food. Yeah, Italians don't really do barbecue. <laughs> so, um, I mean, they probably do. There, there are probably people Italians in Italy that do barbecue. I'm sure they have to eat meat at some point. So. Pa um, for sure. Oh yeah, I believe it. I've never been there. I would love to go. I I want to go to Europe so badly. Um, I may have an opportunity next year. That's come. I may or may not be in Ireland uh, next year in one of awesome. the castles out there, but. Um, one of the things that a lot of people see and is I, I already have everything like pre-chopped, um, like for instance, everything in that video, it was the garlic and the shallot and, um, the Fresno chili and the, the cilantro, everything was already minced. And a lot of people, I mean, obviously aside from the herbs, a lot of people sit, think, probably think I actually sit there and mince everything with a friggin' knife. Hold on.
0: Remember Vince? Oh, yeah.
1: That's a slap chop. OK. Every single time you see me use garlic, I chopped it with this. I didn't chop it with a damn knife. I don't have that kind of time or patience. Right. Boom. And you're a Yeah. man. find shortcuts. Work smarter, not harder.
0: <laughs> well, that's what I love about. That's what I love about you. It's just, just do it. Do it smart. Like this is a, just make a great deal in the time you have without spending all this time doing all this crazy shit. That's
1: exactly. Awesome. I mean, and I, I mean, it's whatever, whatever gets the whatever gets the job done quicker. You know.
0: Before I. Mean, unless... I... Yeah, I mean, unless you want to actually show how you cut the the shallot. I mean, that stuff, too, is fascinating, too. All the knife work and the preparation, that type of stuff, I love that as well. But if I only have 30 seconds to watch something, show me how you get to the pan, how you kind of saute it in the pan, and how you serve it. Like For me, like, that's what you want to get across. Exactly. Uh, before I let you go, and I don't know if you can really talk about this, but you've kind of teased, like, this documentary-type paranormal i know you're into like the paranormal ghost stuff but like are you able mm-hmm. to kind of talk about this kind of project that you've been working on type thing at all or what can we when can we anticipate like major news coming from this thing you're working on
1: so it's it's actually it's so it's a documentary it's called within haunted walls um it's myself it's it's mainly uh, my buddy chris sanders chris sanders was on paranormal 911 he was in repossessed he was on a, a number yeah. of shows on the travel channel on hulu um He's a good friend of mine. We he was we actually, uh, the the, con, the convention that we just did over this past weekend in New Jersey, he actually lives in Maine. So he came here, and then I drove all of us and my wife down to uh, New Jersey. And then we just drove back, and then he drove back home. So uh, it was him and I, uh, his girlfriend Christina, uh, my buddy Adam Sanders, is another paranormal investigator from Rhode Island, currently lives in Connecticut. Um, there was Scott Davis, who was an unbelievable spirit medium. Um, and we also had Eric Vitale, who was also there as well. And it was, I mean, dude, the shit we caught. Oh Oh, my God. I like, I was shoved at one point. I was shoved, um, by something that wasn't there twice. Um, there's a lot of stuff that obviously wasn't on camera too. Like, when we stopped filming and like thing, things would just constantly keep happening it wasn't yeah. just like you know we didn't we like put it this way the we're trying to keep it to like an hour and a half two hours the amount of footage that we have we could make we could make a three hour long movie um, yeah. It just I love that Uh yeah like going back and going back and watching it there are EVPs that we didn't even hear at that point in time ton of them that we didn't even know that we got because they were on the camera audio. Um, Did you go in? with skeptic. I mean,
0: was this like your first major time doing this type of stuff with these people? Okay, so you've no, had the I've, experience. I've,
1: yeah, I've, I've done. I've experienced the paranormal before. Um, I've I've gone with a couple other groups on different investigations and stuff like that. So the one thing that actually I was skeptical about was um, you can download an app on your phone. It's called Necrophonic, and it's a spirit box. And I never thought – I'm sitting there going, okay, there's, there's advanced equipment and then there's a fucking smartphone. Like what can this smartphone possibly pick up because it's not one of these tailor-made devices for this shit, right? And I was a skeptic on basically that alone and come to find out is that's the main way that they uh, – uh, that the, the owners of this building, which by the way is the Shanley Hotel in uh, Napanak, New York. It's one of the most haunted hotels in the country. Um, that's what they use all the time to talk to the spirits all the time. They use spirit boxes and the necrophonic app and they were so good at it that we literally used it almost the whole time. And we got so, we got some of the most craziest, like intelligent answers. Like at one point there was, we had so much going on in one room. You could literally cut the energy with a friggin' knife and like at uh, one point where someone said um what should we do And the spirit box said pray somebody prayed everything yeah. stopped it was crazy oh. um it was just it, wild wild shit um that's pretty much as much as i can say about the place but yeah it is it was the oh. Shanley hotel in, in uh, napa knock new york um it's going to be on multiple streaming platforms um i can't say which ones but um, because we're still we're still kind of like working on it, but uh, yeah. um, web it's flicks. definitely it's
0: yeah Webflix. <laughs>
1: it'd be web, you know Webflix and Chili. Yeah.
0: Um.
1: It it can it, it may be on UU, uh, <laughs> but no, it, it's yeah we're we're working on a couple different streaming platforms, and we're also working with some producers of some um, other awesome. things that were there. we there's talks of potentially turning it into a series. Um. And the other thing too is, um, I believe the premiere is in September, but the actual, uh, the actual like, it will release, uh, I believe, I believe our tentative date is December 20th of this year.
0: Is there ever so, been a cooking show that it's almost like you cook inside haunted kitchens or like hotels? Like, I, I can imagine you cooking inside like, like the Overlook <clears throat> Hotel, like the Shining Hotel, or some of these other, like, if you could cook a steak in the Andyville horror house like you know how say that'd be like that content would be amazing
1: <laughs> so here's here's actually uh we've been talking with um we've been talking with a, a couple different people about this and one of the ideas that we actually pitched recently was um oh, good. basically we we show up to a location i pull out a grill and we start it up and we, you know, I get I get everything on the smoker. And then we go in and do the investigation. And then when we're done with the investigation, we sit down to a meal and talk about the investigation. So that's that's kind of like, it, basically like ghosts and barbecue.
0: <laughs> I've, I've had this idea. I, during the pandemic, I was like, I really got into like the paranormal stuff just because I didn't really know enough about it. And like, I love drinking beer, but I was like, a show that just sent like booze and brews. Or it's just like you you go to like a, a local place, you tr- you drink their local craft beers, but you also go to like the local haunted establishments. And like, I love the idea that history is tied into it with a passion you have. And it's like, man, I would love to see you just cooking a brisket while these demons are flying around you. Like it'd be badass.
1: <laughs> yeah. Matter of fact, one of the things that actually did happen um, off camera when we were in the, uh, the Shanley hotel that I can, I can tell you is uh, I'm sitting there and now there's a lobby area that has like a, you know, like a pretty good uh, like dining room table that has like the leaf in it and everything. Right. So we're sitting there and I looked down the hallway and then the owner of the Shanley hotel was sitting across from Her name's Kelly. And I looked at her and I said, you guys have a cat. And she goes, well, yes and no. And I'm like, motherfucker, it's a ghost cat, isn't it? She goes, yeah 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 we have a ghost cat (laughs) and she goes i really want to i really want to know though i want to see if you actually saw it she goes what color was it i said it was black and tan and it just ran from that room to that room and she goes yep that's sweet thing um in the middle of in the middle of the night while we're sleeping you hear
0: yeah
1: yeah that was terrifying and then uh uh no one everyone decided to haze me with this one and they're like oh hey go ahead go pick your bed right they let me pick which bed i wanted to lay in and the the, the bed that i happened to lay in was the one that people got fucked with in um all night something was tugging on my foot <laughs> apparently yeah they they told me afterwards like yeah that's the bed where uh, so there's a woman that likes to play with people's feet <laughs> so i got my feet tugged all night um but yeah you'll be you'll be sitting at the kitchen table the lobby could be broad daylight all the lights are on and you'll feel the cat brush up against your legs and purr crazy oh yeah it doesn't stop at the shanley man i'll tell you
0: interesting uh if people want to check you out they want to follow you on tiktok social media youtube i know you're everywhere Mm -hmm. but what what's the main handles websites people should go to check you out on
1: So pretty much you can use Gary the barbecue chef to find me pretty much anywhere. Um if you ever google Gary the barbecue chef, I'm the first 38 pages of Google, you can't miss me. Um but basically I'm on TikTok, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, I just joined Threads. Um I'm on Snapchat, YouTube, Twitter. Um I do every once in a while go on Twitch, but I haven't touched a video game in since like January. I'm sorry my Twitch subscribers, but um life.
0: Wow. Um
1: <laughs> so uh but yeah i'm i'm literally all over the place uh the only place where my handle would be different is on instagram it's uh sorry instagram and uh threads because it's tied to instagram which is gary the barbecue chef too because the original gary the barbecue chef account was spam oh my thing just decided to
0: who's that cat
1: go limp that was cool um Yeah, uh, my first Instagram account was actually spam reported by vegans.
0: Awesome. (laughs) That's That's a real story. Yeah, (laughs) Crazy. Yep. What are you going to do? Well, uh, Gary, this has been awesome. Um, Thank you for your time. Thank you for uh, being you and uh, I wish you continued success and uh, I'm sure I'll be seeing you backstage at a show here soon. Oh, hello. I'm just enjoying this nice fucking candle. Anyways, I'm John, the host of Spear Talk, and I want to talk to you about nice fucking candles. We are lucky to have nice fucking candles as a sponsor of the podcast, and if you use code Talk 15 you get 15% off your first order, or use the affiliate link below to always get your candle needs through nice fucking candles. Nice fucking candles are 100% soy wax, they have a 65-hour burn time, maybe more, if you, uh, nurse the flame a little bit maybe i don't know i'm not an expert on flames uh, or candles but i will say these things burn a long fucking time you ask me about the wick it's a double wick for even burning which is amazing and uh they come in three incredible flavors uh i'm not sure if you're gonna be eating these candles but if you do like them the scents are eucalyptus and ginseng tobacco and fireside and seaside and driftwood once again uh nice fucking candles they are the candle company for spear talk and if you love candles and need a good scent to clear out your office your room your podcast room your weight room uh your whatever you're doing in a room that smells like crap use this candle it's amazing thank you check them out love nice fucking candles The Journey into Yoga Podcast. It's not for people who like yoga, it's for people who don't like yoga. Follow
1: or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com.
0: I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast.